Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. How you doing? Hey, you got you guys are in you guys are in church like the first week of August. That's when people like stop coming to church. Why don't you give yourselves a big pat on the back for being church people in the middle of summer? Come on, good job, church people. Um, hey, I, I just want to thank you as the pastor of this church for um, for letting my family and my wife and my kids, all of us, go on a vacation, and we never had. Nobody calling us, telling us everything's falling apart. It was wonderful. It was just wonderful uh, to just get out and, uh, and know you guys were all doing fine. I, I watched one of the messages online. I, I didn't see the other one yet. I'll watch it later today. But it um, looks like you guys had good church while I was out anyway. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know, the church is not built on a person, right? <clears throat> you know that. And, uh, and we're just very thankful. Um, a few years ago, not, not, sorry, not a few years ago, a few months ago, uh, a couple of my overseers told me, they said, uh, Roger, you need, to, um, you need to be better at not preaching every week. <laughs> and they said, well, what I want you to do is start uh, at least once a month, you need to be not preaching, and just on average. And so what we decided to do is, um, is, is put all of them together at one spot <laughs> and go on vacation, somebody. And so that's been a lot of fun, and um, about three, well, I'd already talked to a friend of mine and said at some point, we would really love to get you out to visit us um, here at Celebration Church. We love your ministry, we love your family, and, and we would love to have your voice in our house. Um, and we, we'd talked about it, but had no real plans. And then about two, three days into my vacation, I said, I'm not preaching the Sunday I get back from vacation. Um, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to have a, a guest speaker. And so uh, I'm just really excited for you guys today. We've got a treat. We've got Pastor Justin Fraley, who's from Riverside, California. He used to pastor uh, all my Californians. Woo, woo, hold on, hold on, not quite yet. So he used to be from Riverside, California. Let me say it that way. And, um, uh, and he is now based out of Memphis, Tennessee. And we love you, and we love your heart for the kingdom of God and all that the Lord is doing through you and your family. So, Pastor Justin, would you come and bring us a word from the Lord? What is up, Celebration Church? Man, that was awkward. What is up, Celebration Church? You guys doing well? Um. And I, I am so pumped up about what God is, is doing here in this area through you guys, through your pastors. What an incredible, incredible, um, 
I like to say it's a, it's a miracle in motion. Like God is just opening up doors. And I've got to tell you, um, this is not happening everywhere. I've been to a lot of different uh, places, and there's a lot of different uh, churches. Some are not moving into buildings, don't have plans for expansion. Some churches are shutting down. Um, some people are losing buildings. And uh, God has seen fit to give this, this church favor. And uh, the, uh, the plans for the future are so, so exciting. And I, I like it when the good guys win. And I'm going to tell you, your pastors, Pastors Roger and Kim, man, these are great, great leaders. Um, they are some of the most unassuming, down-to-earth, kind people on the planet. And I'm sure that you know that by now. But even though you know that, like, I want to remind you of that because I don't want you to take that for granted. Because God has really given you a gift of godly leadership, integrity, character. That's good. So um, thankful for this family, but behind every great leader, there's got to be followers, right? Or we're just taking a walk. If nobody's following, then we're not really leading. Um, and so, you know, just to, to see August 1st, to see this place uh, filled, and we had an incredible uh, first service. It's just inspiring, and it speaks to the fact that there is a, uh, a move of God happening. So I want to challenge you, just from an outside perspective, let's, let's value that. Let's lean into that and, and believe that the best is yet to come. Well, um, I am... We left the nation of California and ended up in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, me and my family of six. If you guys have that picture, you can put it up. There it is. This is my family. I've got, a, um, I've got four kids. The guy on the right is 18. The one on the far left is 17, and they are single and ready to mingle. And then we've got, we've got the little girl that's behind me, and that's my favorite child. <laughs> She's going to do great things. And then the little guy next to his mother um, is, is in need of salvation. Um, we need prayer. I covet your prayers. We need prayer. He is, he is hell on wheels. Love him to death. He's amazing. Um, but uh, he, he is a character. And it's like, you know, we, we spaced our kids out. And like, well, why did you plan it that way? Well, we didn't plan it that way, you know. We have four kids, and people are like, and you must love kids. I'm like, no, actually, I just really, really love my wife. And so <laughs> the outworking of that is four children. Um, and it's, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, I was kind of like two and out. Our, our first two boys were a year apart. And uh, that kind of that kind of broke me, really. Um, but my wife came from a family of four. She's always wanted four kids. And seven years ago, I went through a a near death experience. Um, it's not funny. I went through a near death experience, and uh, I had spinal meningitis, and they have no no clue 
why or where it came from, but I had about a 20% chance of survival is what the doctors were saying. They said, if he survives this, he'll never speak again. There's going to be severe brain damage. I had 15 lesions on the brain. And so I had an absolute miracle. Like God literally raised me up, walked out of the hospital, and guess what? We had two more kids. So um, I was so happy to be alive. I'd say yes to anything. And she's like, let's have two more kids. And I'm like, yeah, great. You know, anyways. So Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verse number 29. Mark chapter 12, verse number 29. Um, this is the words of Jesus. And this is what he said. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. The first thing that he says, he says you've got to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Everybody say, with all my heart. Say it like me and say, with all my heart. And I want to talk to you for a few moments on that subject, with all my heart, how to love God with all of your heart. Father, thank you so much for this uh, gathering. Thank you for what you're doing in the Treasure Valley. Thank you for the, the blessing and the increase and the growth and the favor upon this church. I pray for the next few moments that uh, you would just open up our hearts, open up our understanding. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would change hearts and lives through the power of your word. And we give you praise and honor for it. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, so in, in our passage that we just read, Jesus is quoting a scripture from the Old Testament that all of the, his hearers would have been very, very um, familiar with. He was repeating something that had already been stated. And that is that God wants to be loved with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. The, the meta-narrative of the scripture, the gospel, if you want to like just take it down and to its irreducible minimum, really it is, is God loving us. And what connection with God looks like is that we reflect that love back to God. Very simple, isn't it? God loves us, and then we turn around and we love him back. But the only way that we can actually love him back in a way that is worthy of his love for us, we've got to reflect it, and to do that, we've got to do it with everything that we have, and that includes all of our heart. And so just for the next, next few minutes, I want to encourage you, maybe challenge you a bit with a little bit of a heart check. How do I check the condition of my heart so that I'm able to love God in this way? If I'm going to fulfill this, this fundamental commandment, I have to ask the question then, how is my heart? And, you know, especially men, we don't like people asking us that. You know, how, how's your heart? 
you know, you need, you need to check your heart. How's your heart? We don't like talking, talking about that. But the scripture talks very, very, very explicitly and clearly about this subject of the heart. And it constantly portrays that the center of the human person is the heart. It's the seat of all of our loves and desires. It's, it's the engine, if you will, to, to the thing that, that, that drives us. And so the, um, one of the, the most crucial insights when you read the scripture is this. What we do, what I do, is not the conclusion to something that I'm processing in my mind, but it comes from the unconscious hungers that characterize my heart. What comes on the outside is being shaped and formed by my inner life. It's the heart. It's, it's the, the, the seat of my most fundamental commitments. It's about what I hope in. It's about what I'm trusting in. It's about where I'm holding my deepest beliefs about what it's going to take for me to be happy in life. All of these things are being funneled through our heart. So how's your heart? And you, maybe you're uncomfortable with that question. Maybe I could ask it a little bit uh, different way. Maybe that's a little more comfortable. And that is, what are you focused on right now? What's, what's driving you? What are you? What are you really, really passionate about? Because the answer to those questions will reveal where our heart is invested. Jesus is saying the most important thing is to know that God loves you and he wants to be loved back. But we got to love him back with all of our heart, our drive, our focus, our intention. Why does this matter so much? Because Proverbs counsels us and says in Proverbs 4.23 to guard your heart above all else. And above all else, uh, literally in the original language means above all else. It's like really important. Some of you get that in a minute. Anyways, he's saying if, if you don't do anything else, you got to guard your heart. The priority is that you guard your heart. And the reality is, you know, we know a lot about guarding stuff, don't we? That's not something that we struggle with. We, all of us guard things sometimes, right? We guard our time. We guard our money. We guard our energy. We, we, we guard things that are valuable to us. We guard our comfort zone. We guard our, our focus. But the reality is we've got to guard the source of all, these, all of these things, which is our heart. I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me last year and said that there, there has to be a massive emphasis and priority with the church to guard our heart. There's a lot of people that are more interested in guarding our rights than guarding our heart. There's lots of things that we're pushing back on and that we're trying to guard, but we've got to guard our heart because out of it flows the wellspring of life, the issues of life. And then, then the writer in Proverbs goes on and says, because it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart, for it determines 
the course of your life. What the heart chooses, the mind perceives and finds reasonable, and the emotions desire and find beautiful, and the will will do it and it find it practical. So another way of putting it is, um, how many of you have ever purchased something before you purchased it? You know what I mean? Like that big truck. Before you actually purchased it, you purchased it in your heart a long time before you ever went and took on that big payment. You purchased it in here. You were looking at it. You were, you were lusting after it. You were imagining yourself in it. You, were, you, were, you, were, you, you bought it in your heart before you ever physically bought it. That's the power of our heart. And, and when your heart wants it, when your heart wants it, you're going to find a way to justify it. You're going to find that, you know, that $1,100 payment reasonable because your heart's already said you're going to do it. Your emotions are going to desire it. You're going to find it. You're going to find it beautiful. And your will is going to find it practical, even though it's a horrible decision. Guard your heart, for out of it, well, it, it'll determine the direction of your life. And I feel like in the last 18 months that some of us on a heart level are just like off. Have you ever heard an instrument that's really out of tune? And if you haven't, let me save you some time. It's horrible. Um, I can save you some trouble. It's, it's, it's terrible. Um, this last, last summer, uh, we took our kids to the Ozarks, to Branson, Missouri. Come on, the Christian Las Vegas. And, um, <laughs> and uh, they, uh, my, my, my oldest son gets this itch. This guy makes like these mountain dulcimers, and they're, they're, um, they're actually pretty cheap. Some, the one I bought him was made out of a cardboard box. But it was, you know, he got this little book and he started learning to play it. Well, we get back on, back on our road trip and uh, within three or four days of traveling, what sounded like heaven now sounded like hell. And he did not know how to tune it up. I mean, it was just out of control. Sounded horrible. It's like scratching a, a, uh, a chalkboard, you know. It was, it was unnerving. And, and, and music or instruments, when they get out of tune, it, it, becomes, it becomes unnerving. And you can have an instrument that is tuned, but you start moving it around, right? You start knocking it around. Or if you've got an upright piano, if anyone's ever had that, you go move from one house to the other and you knock that thing around and then you get it to its destination and it's, it's out of tune, well, there was a theologian in, in the 1600s named John Flavel, and he wrote a book on the heart. And he suggested that the heart is like an instrument. And he said it's like an instrument that needs constant tuning. And when he wrote this book from the 1600s, um, at that time, strings on instruments were made of animal gut, typically from sheep. And uh, these strings were 
very, very temperamental. It took almost nothing to get them out of tune. They were in constant need of tuning. And he says that our heart is like an instrument that has to be continually tuned and adjusted. Simply put, what I'm submitting to you is that my heart, my mind, my will, my emotions have to constantly be tuned to be brought into correct alignment with God's will and God's way. Our inner life is like a gut stream. And, you know, we go through trauma. And maybe you don't have, like, big T trauma. But the last 18 months, and I know that you guys have gone through less than, than maybe some of your neighbors in other states. But I'm going to tell you, the last few months, none of us have escaped the pressure, the anxiety, all of the, um, you know, the little T traumas that add up to big T trauma. And in this process, we go through this, we, we, we go through this anxiety and we go through this, through this trauma and our heart, on a heart level, we just get out of tune. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's been a year of transition. It's been a year of of chaos, but we've all been affected. Anybody ever here ever gone through uh, a toll booth and it doesn't seem like it costs anything, but it does? You know, they're not going to stop you. You just, you just go right on through. Um, in, when, you know, in a life time ago, I was a missionary to the nation of California, and, um, you know, we had this, we had this, um, this thing in Southern California called Fast Track, and, and it's this little sensor. Come on, all my California people may know what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, you put it on your, you put it on your, your windshield, and, uh, and you just drive through, and, you know, you don't exchange money or slide a card or give cash, but you find out at the end of the month when your card gets debited, oh, that wasn't free, you know. And so, you know, you go from Orange County to, to, to Riverside County, and it's like, 35 miles, and instead of taking two hours, it takes like an hour and 42 minutes, you know, and you, and you pay $20 for that blessing. Come on, somebody. But, but what, I'm, what I'm getting at is some of the trauma and some of the things that we have, we have gone through, we just blow past it like there's no cost to it. There's no effect to it, but the reality is it costs something. It takes a toll. Your, your body keeps the count. Your emotions keep the count, and, and some of us, some of us need to get to a place where we just, we need to be retuned. This, this August, as we move in towards fall, we need to let God retune us and realign our heart back to his Intent and and we need to we need him to help us take some of the anxiety out of our heart and some of the some of the anger out of our spirit some of the distractions and and frustration we need God to heal us at a very 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 deep level. Our hearts are discouraged, anxious, hurt, irritable. Because all of this energy that is supposed to be put on focusing on God, we're having to use it just to keep our head above water emotionally and to stop from being frustrated and, and to keep ourselves from, 
from, from being angry. And then someone, you know, comes along and gives us this brilliant advice. You know, just listen to your heart. Follow your heart, you know. And it's like, yeah, you know, I tried right off the road because my heart is not oriented in the right direction because there's, there's misalignment there. We're not called to follow our heart. We're called to lead our heart toward God and his will and his purpose. The only way that you can know yourself is to know God because he's the only one that can truly know you. And so when we know God, we start knowing and understanding ourselves. Our, our heart determines the course, the direction, and eventually the destination of our life. If your heart is out of tune, I've got good news for you. You don't have to tune it yourself. The God who created you can heal you and can bring alignment to your heart. He, know, he knows exactly what he's doing. Hand him control of your heart. And once he aligns you, you can begin again to love him with all of your heart. There's nothing in the world, hear me on this, hear me please, listen, there's nothing in the world that will lead you into more pain than an unhealthy heart. There are no lies that have ever that will ever hurt you as much as the lies that we tell ourselves when our heart is not aligned with our Father in heaven. An unhealthy heart will elevate something or someone above God. And then we start veering in the direction of whatever we have substituted God for in our life. But when we begin to love God, there's an innocence that he begins to restore in us. There's joy that comes back. It's just like a child that trusts their father. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new desire. And our innocence is restored and our heart can become healthy again. How do I know? that I have an unhealthy heart. I want to give you a few, few suggestions. Unhealthy heart is defined by, like, passion is hard to come by. When I'm healthy, I'm passionate about the right things. Passionate about following Jesus. Passionate about serving. Passionate about gathering with God's people, passionate about doing what God has called me to do. When that passion begins to fade and it's hard to, hard to feel that passion, it's a warning light. It's a warning light. How is your passion level? Let's ask ourselves that today. How is, how is my passion level? Second, second sign is um, you don't really celebrate and you don't really cry. See, a, a healthy heart is attuned to the highs of life and the lows of life. We can express ourselves emotionally. We can be moved. We can mourn with those who mourn. We can rejoice with people that are rejoicing. We can, we can embrace, part of being human is embracing the highs and embracing the lows. There's, there's a rhythm 
And if you want proof of that, look, Jesus was about to raise up Lazarus. But before he raised up Lazarus, he, he got together with Mary and Martha and he cried. He cried with Lazarus' sisters before the miracle came. Because that's, that's part of being human. God's given us, God's given us emotions. But when our heart gets out of tune and out of alignment, the rhythm is thrown off and we become anxious and we become depressed and we become numb. And I've been there before. I've been there. How is the rhythm of your emotions right now? Do you, do you flip out at the slightest thing? Have we gotten numb? If so, that's, that's a sign that we need to recalibrate our heart and we need the Holy Spirit to do something inside of us. The third thing is, you no longer believe the best about people. An unhealthy heart no longer believes the best about people. Now listen, I know people are a mixed bag for sure. Some people energize you and some people drain you. I get that. That's, that's part of the human experience. But we know we're in danger when we meet somebody for the first time and you start thinking about the worst possible outcome or you start judging their intentions and their motives and you no longer believe the best about people. A hard heart is a cynical heart. And what happens is that we begin to project past failures and past experiences on new situations. And when we start doing that, it's a sure way of sabotaging any future joy we could have in our life. You know what else happens? It starts becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you stop believing the best about people, you'll stop receiving the best from people. When our heart is aligned, we look forward to loving people and being with people because we're all about loving God and loving people, right? So we got to believe the best about people. The other sign is um, you're growing cynical. You're growing cynical. Oh my goodness, this one's hard. A healthy heart lives on the hope side of things. And all of us are, are wired differently. We have different personalities. But when our heart is aligned with God, we, we assume the best. And cynicism and suspicion are warning lights on the dashboard. What's your, what's your positivity level? Maybe some of us need to rethink the media that we consume. What we watch, the voices that we listen to, because all of this is creating a narrative in our mind. If it's leading towards cynicism, you're going you're gonna to have less than God's best for your life. Next thing is um, you're, not, you're not satisfied with, with simple things. See, when your heart is healthy, we can take pleasure in simple things. We become content with the gifts that God has brought into our life. We can enjoy 
a sunset. We enjoy a warm day. You enjoy the Boise summer. If you just came where I came from, I mean, it's literally like a massive steam room. Listen, come on. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. But you can enjoy the simple things, and we don't become angry that we don't have more. Another sign of an unhealthy heart is um, you're no longer productive. Doesn't mean that you're not working. I just said you're no longer productive. See, we were created by God to produce good things in our life. That's not all we do, but it's, it's part of what we do. We're, God's, God mandated that we would, we, we would uh, produce fruit in our life. And when we get to a place where we're no longer productive, sometimes we're working harder, but we're getting less and less of a good return. The last sign of an unhealthy heart, and this is by no means exhaustive, but just some things to think about is you're not self-aware. You're not self-aware. And that's a danger for all of us. And one sign that we're not self-aware sometimes is the previous six points I made, we're not aware of any of those things. But I go, I'm doing great. But everybody around you, you want to know how you're doing? Ask your wife. Sometimes we can't ask ourselves. We need, we need a, another perspective to see how we're doing. You know, sometimes we're just, it's, we're off. We're out of, out of tune. And when we do not honestly look in the mirror, now hear me for a moment. When we don't look in the mirror, it'll lead to, one of two things, either self-neglect or we'll start self-medicating and we'll try to make the pain go away in unhealthy ways and then we eat too much and we drink too much and click too much and spend too much. How is your, how is your honesty level right now with yourself, with God? My challenge is, how many are willing to spend some time with God to really explore where we're at? Because I really believe this. I really believe this. I believe that this can be the best year that you've ever had. You can finish 2021 strong, not based on external things changing. I'm not talking about our outer world, our external world. Because listen, you can have everything going well in your external world or things can be going really bad. But on a heart level, on a heart level, if you are doing well and you're prospering on a soul level, on a heart level, you can be flourishing while things around you are dying and changing. This can be, this can be, the greatest year that you've ever had if it's your greatest year spiritually. And I love, I love, I want to close with this idea. I love what, love what David said in the Old Testament, Psalms 139, verse 23. This is what he said. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, test me, and know my ancient, anxious thoughts. Point out anything 
in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, when you read Psalms 139, it's, it's fascinating because David starts this passage by declaring that, God, you know me. You know my heart. You know my thoughts. And then right before he gets to verse 23, he says, basically, God, I hate these people. You're like, whoa. And then in verse 23, he goes back and says, search me, O God, and know my heart. There was this sense of frustration, and then there's this realignment in verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. So number one, we need God to search us. Not because he needs to know what's going on. He already knows what's going on. It's an invitation so that we can know what's going on. God, you don't need a search warrant. I'm opening myself to you. Holy Spirit, come. I'm inviting you in. Come in, come in, come in, come in. Search us. Know our hearts. I need you to get in here and look around because there's some anxiety that I have. There's some fear that I have. There's some anger that I have. There's some things that I've, that I've harbored that I know are not like you. So I want you to come in and I want you to I want you to put your spotlight and begin to turn the lights on inside of my heart. I want you to start exposing things in my, in my inner world. And then I want you just to point them out. Point out things. This is the hard part. Point out the things in me that offend you. Point them out. Point them out. I want to know. Come in. Make yourself at home here. If you need to move around the furniture a little bit, move it out if you need me to remove some junk if I've been a little bit of a hoarder my inner world has become a hoarder you know I've been holding on to things that I shouldn't be holding on to I've been letting some things in I've been coexisting with some mentalities and attitudes that are patterned after this world that don't look like you but I want you to I want you to come in I want you to turn the lights on and search me and I want you to start pointing out the things in me that offend you and lead me Lead me along the path of everlasting life. When that happens, we start walking out a new path. And it's, it's a path of, of living out of a changed heart. The way that we think begins to change. The way that we speak begins to change. The way that we, the way that we act 
begins to change and, and we start giving instead of taking and we start, we start serving instead of demanding to be served. What does it look like for God to, to lead me on the path of life? Maybe, maybe it means that I'm going to get off the bench and I'm going to get involved. Come on, somebody. Maybe it means, listen, maybe it means I'm going to take that challenge and step up in my leadership and take that next step. Maybe it means that I'm going to I'm going to go to crash course the next time that it's 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 available because I'm living out of a renewed heart and it's it's not about me anymore. You don't have to figure it all out. Just just invite God in and say, "Search me. Know me. Point out stuff you don't want and then start leading me and I'll start taking my next step. I'll follow you. I'll follow you." My real life, listen, 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 listen. My real life is the life that's in me. It's the inner life. It's my heart. It's my soul. It's my soul. It's not about my circumstances. It's not about what I possess. It's not about what I own. It's not about the kind of job that I have. It's not about how much money that I have. You can have all of those things and still be miserable if you're not healthy on a soul level. I'm going to move forward this year, this month, but it's going to start with a transformed heart. No matter where you're at spiritually, I think we can all agree on this. That it may, you know, some of us may be in need of a lot of tuning, some of us may need just a little bit, just a few adjustments. But we, you know, we've been through some stuff this year. Some of you are walking through some difficult stuff right now. If we're being honest. But God wants you to prosper. God wants you to flourish. We got to put our heart back into alignment. If you would, if you would just for a moment bow your head and close your eyes just for the sake of, of concentration. in this place and you've never never surrendered your heart and I know that that language has almost become cliche you know like give your heart to Jesus he wants your heart but I'm telling you he really does because it's it's the real you it's the seed of everything and maybe maybe you've never prayed a prayer of surrender Maybe you have, but maybe it's been a while. Maybe it's the first time or it's the first time in a long time. But, but you're here and you're like, man, that's, that's me. I need, to, I need to get some things on the inside right. I need to really, really, really surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you right where you're sitting, maybe you're watching online, wherever you're at, right here, right now, if that's you, and you say, Justin, I want you to pray for me. I need God to, I need God to search my heart. I need him to transform me from the inside out. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Awesome. Awesome. Now, right where you're sitting, I want you just to pray this simple prayer. 
just say this. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my sin. And I also give you my trust. I turn from my way of doing things. And right here, right now, I'm putting all of my confidence and all of my trust in you with my whole heart. I believe. And I want to love you. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Now, would you stand to your feet all over this room? Listen. God knows the truth about all of us. There's nothing we can hide. We think we're hiding, but we can't hide. He already knows. Why don't we take just the next few moments and say, you know what, God, I'm going to partner with you for the restoration and transformation of what you want to do on the inside. I want you, I want you to tune my heart. I want you to bring alignment. I want you to change me from the inside out. And I'm going to take this vulnerable step as we lean into worship. I'm going to take this vulnerable step and say, Lord, you already know, but there's some things I need to know about me. And so I want you to search my heart. I want you to know me. Come in on the inside. Point out anything in me that offends you. And I want you to lead me, lead me on this path of life. Would you do that right now? I want you just to lift your hands. When we lift our hands, it's a sign of surrender. We're saying, Lord, I, I give you, I give you my heart. I give you my inner world. I trust you. I trust you. In Jesus. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys and let's continue to love God, love people and change the world.